What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D-Mendy here, joined, of course, by my friends here. Of course, starting off with a slice of cake that I have a good feeling would do well in the Hunger Games. That's Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Little Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? It's going really well. I, I cannot shoot a bow and arrow uh, to save my life. I'd be the person negotiating uh, um, um, allegiances and alliances in the Hunger Games. Uh, instead of being like the the, the murderer, I'd be made, become friends with the real murdery people. I think I'd do well in that respect. But in the end, you know, you got to kill or be killed. So I'm, I may <laughs> not I may not make it to the end. I feel like you have that, like that grit, that like outdoorsman in you that you would do what you needed to do. I don't know. I, I just pictured that, but you're right. It's kill or be killed in the hunger games. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be one of the last contestants and then they'd be like, we got to get this art dude out of here. So he's just going <laughs> to split something in one of our drinks and we're going to be done. <laughs> Let's just kill him now. Oh man. Of course. We're also joined tonight by a man that enjoys watching the Scott Tots episode of the office. That's the doc. Eric Mendelson What's going on. You know, I'm going to switch it up. Speaking of the killer theme, David, I've been watching a lot of murder documentaries, the Unabomber, Ted Bundy. So I know how to commit murders now. So you make fun of me and you better watch your back. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Did you notice with my Scott Tosfers, it means you enjoy watching pain? Oh, I enjoy watching you suffer. That's did, what you mean. Did you, did you like the Scott Tots episode? I, you know, it's I, the beginning episodes are good at the office. Yeah. That doesn't answer my question, but okay. All right, it's a good, it's a good episode. Is that what That's you want to hear? That's the cringiest episode ever. It Girl. is. I literally sit there with like my eyes. I'm like, look, <laughs> I can't watch this. Uh, of course, another member of the normal crew here. We also have a guy that lives life by the three R's. That's rankings, ramps, and round trippers. It's Marty Tallman. What's up? Hey, ooh, I really like that. Round trippers. Um, I'll be going on a round trip to Puerto Rico here in the next few weeks. So I'm excited for that. The trip's still on? Everything. Oh, yeah, good. we're doing it. Hey, man, we're, we're you got to take a um, a test before you get on the plane, when you get off the plane, and vice versa. So we're in. Hey, awesome. And you need to send a lot of pictures because I'll be very jealous. Bet. All right. And of course, we have our guests joining the pod this week. We welcome in a man who's sweet like a Georgia peach. This fan of a World Series champion is a FSWA member, an IBWAA member, the co-host of where I like to get all my tools at, at the Prospect Tool Shed, covers everything MLB and MILB for fan tracks. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who drips with swag, charm, and ranks for days. My golf sensei, it is Chris Clegg. How's it going, man? Dude, y'all's intros are always, always the best. Like, easily 80 great <laughs> intros. Always appreciate it. Always make me feel really, really good. So when we start a show like this, you know it's going to be a great time. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be back, and I'm looking forward to the episode tonight. Of course, man. You're honestly one of the best guests we've had on here. This is at least the third, if not maybe the fourth time yeah. we've had you. Always love having you here. You bring a ton of knowledge. You got a ton of personality. It's always a blast with you. So I, I got to ask, it's been a while since we've done a pod together. You've had a kid. I think I think you were. I think you even had your kid yet before we like, last our yeah. pod. Uh, how are you balancing things out with tool shed twice a week? You said you got the kid, you're guesting on pods, you're doing a bunch of writing at fan tracks right now. How are you finding the time to balance everything? <laughs> uh, it's, it's tough. It was, it was really tough at first and it's gotten a little better now, but still it's just late nights, finding time at lunch whenever I have time really just to, to squeeze things in. So yeah, the, really the hard thing is just like, I don't know, just finding the little bits of free time and, and when you have it, you, you have to use it on this instead of just watching TV. So like if you, if you, if you want to like put in the work, you're going to put in the work. So yeah, not always easy. And a lot of time I try not to spend away from the wife and, and the son, but you know, like, like now, like he's asleep, we just put him to bed right now, but you know, a little time away from the wife, it'll be okay. We got some baseball <laughs> to talk about. So <laughs> we're here and doing this thing. Heck yeah, I love that. We got a great show planned for you guys tonight. In today's episode, we have uh we're gonna be doing a, a little bit of a mock draft here. We're gonna be doing the triple play too early roto mock draft. So we're gonna say goodbye to the last few days of 2021. And we at Triple Play are looking ahead to 2022 and what is set to be a peak draft season over the next three months. So we grabbed some people inside the triple play fantasy discord and we did a mock draft on Fantrax where I believe is the only place you can do a mock right now. So 
If you're looking to do a mock draft, that's where you need to go. And Chris is here to help us analyze various teams we've drafted and go over draft strategies from certain spots, player valuations, potential values, and more. It's going to be a very open discussion. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you stay tuned for all that. After we'll go to our question of the week. If you could catch a fastball from one MLB pitcher without catcher's equipment, who would you choose? And of course, our game of the week, ready to shut the door. So you guys ready to get this episode started? Then let's do it. Let's go into our news and notes. And let's start off with just a couple of things that have come out since the last episode. A couple of managerial signings we're going to do here. The uh, Mets signing Buck Showalter and the Athletics signing Mark Kotze as their managers. I got to ask you, let's start off with you, Clegg. These hires, are you fans of the hires? Are you kind of indifferent? How do you feel about these two managers with these ball clubs? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I know Showalter, I've done a little bit of research on like his kind of managerial tendencies to an extent. Like it'll be interesting. I think Starling Marte could be like affected by this because he's never been like a big base stealing type manager. And that's not to say that he won't be because you look back at those uh, Baltimore teams that he had, you know, in the, the 2010 20, through 2018 range. And there was not a lot of speed on those teams. So, you know, that could be a factor there. So I'll be interested to see if they let uh, Marte run wild or not. So that could be a, a decent value swing for Marte if they're if they're not stealing a lot of bases. Um, Kotze, I really don't know. I, I think kind of the it's still it's still out for debate on him and and what we see from him as a manager. So that one could be interesting. I think it is a good fit though in Oakland. So it could be fun to watch. But yeah, Showalter, you know, a lot of people think is an older like sixty five year old that he can't really handle the analytics side of things. But look at the World Series and look at the the two managers of both World Series teams. They're two of the oldest managers in baseball. So I think Showalter can adapt. He's been a proven winner, obviously, as a Braves fan. Like, I don't want him to be a winner in New York, but I do think that with that product they have, the, those players, and now having him in there, I think that they can be a really solid team. I think that they should put out a winning product on the field. So in the Bug Showalter eras, which span a 20-year career here, Bug Showalter is 1,551 wins and 1,517 losses. So he's only 34 games above 500 for his career. He's only won a division three times, playoffs five times in his career. He's actually only reached the championship series once, never even a World Series. So I don't know, again, is that the teams, is that the manager? There's a lot to unpack there about him. But I will tell you this, let me really quickly. In today's day and age of being a manager, 10 being you have a monumental impact on your team, a one being you have very little on your team's success. I feel like we're a little bit more towards like the, the four range for me. I think, you know, maybe if you choose to do a bullpen by committee or you choose to do a one guy for your bullpen, but I think the biggest thing managers do is they have a good locker room. If they, mm-hmm. if you have guys that trust what you're doing, you believe in you, they, they plan to play for you, creates a healthy locker room where people come to work every day. But if you're a bad manager where, people don't want to play for you, they don't trust you, then it creates dysfunction. So I think, to me, that we're at the day and age now where it's like, hey, he's a professional manager, players have to go out and do their jobs now. Uh, Now, Cheesecake, do you agree with that, or do you think managers have a little bit more in today's day and age than I'm giving them credit for? I mean, if you're looking at like a wins above replacement, a manager's like, at most, like a four or five, like a good manager. I think that... um, well, you said the types of decisions that a manager makes, it's it's it, it's it's which which arm to bring in, when to make the change, who to who to put in which position, what lineups, and those things. You know, a lot of times you look at the statistics. A lot of the times, it's it's not a huge difference maker. But like you said, I think that like it's one of the reasons why I think uh, Joe Madden is underrated because he he does keep the locker room very positive in a in a very positive. Uh, um, mood to go out and play and perform and one of the things that i think joe tory was very good at was Mm -hmm. keeping the locker room very good um and i think that is like you said i think that is the biggest thing that a manager can do is is make sure that everyone shows up wanting to play agreed now marty the other bit of news that came out here actually today kyle seager announced his retirement from baseball coming off a career year i believe career high 35 home runs and a career high 101 rbis this shocking to you yeah, a little bit, but I think it's just something that, you know, just overall from like a human standpoint, you know, since we've all been through the pandemic, I think there are a lot of people who've taken a step back who have families that are just, you know, kind of reevaluating what's important to them. I mean, does he need more money? I mean, 
why not? Right. He had a career high home runs, 35 bombs. You know, he looked great last year. I mean, he might, he can borrow. So I saw a Todd Zola. He said, um, well, if he runs out of money, he can always ask his brother for some, you know, which is <laughs> that's actually hilarious. Yeah, I thought that was a Didn't funny tweet, but um, no, good for him. Right. I mean, uh, I'm going to have to dive back into my third base ranks and make some adjustments. So, you know, I'm a little, little upset about that. I think it's kind of selfish on his part, but no, other than that, it's good. It's a good move. I'm happy for him. And real quick on the coaches though, stepping back to the other one, I think yeah. there's a, it's a case by case basis with coaching overall. I think there are some, you know, player managers that are there and they're actually talking to the team, helping motivate, helping to curb egos and get people to buy in. And then there are just guys like the uh, who the Cardinals just hired who are just going to be, you know, just guys just for the franchise. Someone who they just have as a figurehead who's going to be able to just spew whatever the front office wants, and the players are going to have to deal with it. So I think there's a there's some nuance to that. Agreed there. And uh, before we dive into the our mock draft results, you're here, not going to ask me at all, David. That's no, so rude. No, you can. You'll lead off our draft segments. So I, I just want. I want to come out and say I think Buck Showalter is an awful hire. Like I'm calling it now. He's the Tony Larusa of the NL. That's not nearly as decorated with oh, his wow. accolades. His players are going to hate playing for him. He's old school. He's 65 years old. They have a lot of star power in New York. People that are signed for big contracts. They both have big egos. It's going to clash. It's going to end awful. I'm calling it right now. now I can tell Clegg wants to severely yeah. disagree with you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't. I hope. I hope they lose. Just being honest. But <laughs> I mean, Max Scherzer said that he he vouched for Showalter as a manager. So like that was on the contingency of him going to New York is that he wanted him as the manager. Max and, Scherzer, I think, is an exception. I maybe. think him and Lind- him and Lindor are going to butt heads so much. Maybe I, I don't. Yeah, maybe that could be interesting. And then, maybe. and then it's who's more expendable: the manager that you just or your, signed, or the guy that's making the most money. Three hundred forty-one million dollars. Yeah, three hundred forty-one million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Well, but yeah, to his age, I mean, Snicker is a year older than him. I mean, Dusty Baker's older than him. I, I think he'll be fine age-wise. I'm not worried about that. I think he can adapt. I mean, Dusty Baker's seventy-two years old. Mm-hmm. Dusty Baker, people like playing for him, but I don't think he's much more authoritative. Buck Showalter takes charge. He's not going to take a step back. The one thing I will say to uh, Clegg's point, and we got to move on here, is that you know who vouched for the sh- the hire was Zach Britton. He vouched for the hire, and he was the one that was basically coming out and was saying, "I don't know why it wasn't used when they were in the wild card game." If there's somebody that's going to vouch for a manager and didn't put them in that spot, he's the. I mean, he's vouching for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know a year from now, we're going to be having Clegg back on the conversation to talk about it. <laughs> I'm going to take a step he's back. Not, he's not getting retired after. He's I'm going to take, I'm going to put my feet up in the air. <laughs> I'm going to be sipping my tea and just the floor will be here guys. It's- All right. Y'all, y'all are Baltimore guys. Did Machado clash with Showalter because Machado is a big personality. And like, if anybody would have clashed with him, I feel like Machado would have. I think when, but, I think when Machado is getting ready for a payday, that's when you see yeah. him like lack of hustle right. where it's like, okay, I know I've proven my value. I don't have to do it anymore on the field because some team is going to sign me at the O's don't. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm pretty sure Machado, Adam Jones and Zach Britton all vouched for him from what I remember. So if you enjoy hearing Eric talk about <laughs> whatever he likes to talk about here, <laughs> and you enjoy all the content at Triple Play Fantasy, make sure you check out all the great things on the Triple Play Fantasy Network. We've got podcasts and baseball, basketball, and football. Tons of content on the Triple Play YouTube channel. Just hit 1.38K today. Appreciate everybody's support. You can watch us talking with Eno Sandwiches about sandwiches there. Uh, so it's, it's a very exciting thing there. Check us out on the website, tripleplayfantasy.com. Three baseball articles have come out over the last week. You got our guy Marty Tallman coming up with his early top 25 outfield rankings. And one of our guys, Matt Goodwin, coming up with a sizing up, setting up, sizing up, setup guy. Say that five times fast. And the prolific power profiles. So a lot of great articles you can check there. You guys ever hear of the book, Eat, Pray, Love? Well, those are three powerful words. What about triple play fantasy? I think those three words can put in that same class. What do you guys think? Very magical. You can, you can answer me. I mean, you don't have to leave uh, me hanging. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, I thought I was only, I thought I could only talk when I was called on master. No, it's okay. You can talk when you want to support me. It's okay. All right. Well, since no one 
answered that. We're just going to go into our mock draft results. There's no transition from that. So we're going to, if you are watching on YouTube, you will be able to see our draft results on screen. But if you cannot see it on the podcast, we'll make sure we kind of run through things so you can get a gist of how this mock draft went. So we have these colorful squares on screen. Now, right off the bat, Clegg, I had the first pick. This was auto-picked for me. This was not, my Fernando Tatis Jr. is not my first overall pick in a 5 by 5 roto. I'm a Trey Turner guy this year. I got to ask you, if you have the numero uno selection in a 5 by 5 roto draft this year, are you looking to take Tatis Turner or go somewhere else? Um, I have Turner number one in my rankings, but I think Tatis is a, a fair pick because his upside is tremendously higher than Turner's. I think Turner's just a little bit safer. I think the shoulder lingering is probably the biggest question mark for Tatis. But if you look at it, I think the the power speed with with both is legit. But I, I think Tatis for the upside purposes, but Turner being the safer option, either one of those are reasonable picks. And honestly, I think Acuna is going to get back in that conversation in the spring. Like if he shows that he's healthy in spring training, there's no doubt in my mind that he gets back in this conversation. One, two, three. But it's so deep. I any of these guys, like I mean, I couldn't fault you for any of these, like first five picks or so. Even Boba Shed, I think, is a reasonable argument, which he went down there to the dock, I see. And Jose Ramirez is an interesting one because third base depth, like if you know that you have the first pick and you know he's not coming back to you, like you're honestly gonna miss in a especially in a 15 team, like you're gonna miss like most of the high-end third baseman. So mm -hmm. taking Joe Ram is not a bad option because that bottoms out so quick. Like if you don't get Ramirez, Devers, or Machado, you might as well just pray that you get someone good. Cause even, I mean, I love Riley, but I think he's going a little bit high. <clears throat> and then you're just taking risk with the later guys like Bryant and, you know, even Anthony Rendon. So yeah, all, all these, th there's no clear cut one in my opinion, but Turner is my number one ranked right now. So, Clegg, where would you have to feel like you are in the draft? Where would you be taking your first starting pitcher? Would you have to be like the the very back end, like the 11th or 12th pick before you would draft a pitcher? Or are you position player all the way through the first round? Um, It just depends. I, I think you have to go into it knowing how you want to build your team. And so if you go into it with the right strategy, I think you can go pitcher in the first round. But... I prefer to just wait till the second or third round because I think there's options that could be equally as good. Now, Garrett Cole's been consistent. Corbin Burns was obviously the elite of the elite last year, but I think that it wouldn't surprise me if any of these guys in the second round had just as good of a season as either of those. So it just totally depends. I would prefer just to go with the hitter route because I don't think you can afford to whiff on your first round pick. And if one of them does get injured and go down, then you're and not to say that a hitter can't get injured either, but there there's just more inherent risk with, a, with an arm. And so there's the possibility that they get injured, blow out their arm, and then you lose everything as opposed to a hitter being a little bit safer option there. So that's the biggest thing. Like you can shoot for upside in the first round, but I think really you, you don't lose or you don't win your draft in the first round. You can lose it though. Mm -hmm. So that way you have to go a little bit safer. And so I would prefer to go hitter if possible. Now, Marty, you took Garrett Cole with the sixth selection. Your pretend draft here, we Garrett Cole. You have him as your number one pitcher. How come you have Garrett Cole over Corbin Burns, over Walker Bueller, over any of these guys? Yeah, great question. And although this num the number six pick overall was Garrett Cole for me, I, I it was auto-drafted. It he that would have been the pick I would have taken. So mm -hmm. um I mean, he's, he's the Yankees' ace. So in 2021, he finished with 16 wins, a 3.23 ERA, 243 strikeouts over 181.1 innings. So he's an elite workhorse. Um, he's, I have absolutely no doubt he's going to get you at least 180, 180 innings. His expected stats are even better than um, his ERA. He had a 3.13 expected ERA, 2.92 fit, and a 2.93 X fit. So... Now, let's say three months ago, or we're in spring training and Jacob DeGrom's 100%, he's looking absolutely amazing. It's still a possibility for me to move him in front of um, Cole. But at this point, speaking to Clegg's point about safe, there's nothing safer than drafting Garrett Cole as your SP1. I agree with that. He's, I mean, he's been a picture of health among starting pitching the last couple of years here. Now, we're kind of getting the back end of round one going into round two. 
Now, I do want to go back to Clegg really quickly, and then I'll talk to Cheesecake and Doc really quick. But your guy, Ronald Acuna, went as the last pick of the first round. Today, where you're drafting, where are you feeling comfortable drafting Ronald Acuna Jr.? I think anywhere after the first five to six, just because there's the possibility that he does miss a little bit of time. And you know, even though that I think Acuna is more talented than like Bichette, Ramirez, like still like I'm going Tatis over him, Turner, Soto, Vlad, Joe Raymond, Bichette, definitely over him. But I think if we do find out he's healthy, that bump that moves up, like I said. But right now, I think I could go as high as seven potentially, but I don't think you're going to have to do that This in these early drafts. Like you, you mentioned, he's went, what, 12th here. I've seen him go, what, 17 in some drafts. Like I'm scooping him up there all day long. Mm-hmm. I like that. Definitely. I mean, it's one of the reasons if you do a draft early, you can get a lot of value compared to if you draft a month before the season. And a lot of these guys that you kind of got draft uh, steals on here, they'll shoot up because there's a lot clearer picture right before opening day. Now, Doc, Jacob DeGrom went in this draft, I believe he went 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. You went to the 21st pick. If you're on this draft board, and uh, I know you were auto-picked, so you didn't have a chance, are you letting Jacob DeGrom slide to where he got drafted? And I, and for also for reference, I have the second pick in it, one of Bubba's best balls, and I took him on the this with the second pick in the second round. Or what pick is that? That's the, the 2.11. I took him with a 2.11 in the second round as my first SP. Are you comfortable taking Jacob DeGrom in that range? Are you jumping to get him sooner? What are your thoughts with him? You know, I think Clegg brought up a good point that you can win your, or that you can lose your league in the first round, but you're not necessarily going to win it. And, and I try to have safer picks. And I mean, Jacob DeGrom, when he's healthy, he's a workhorse. I mean, 108 ERA over 92 innings last year, but I look at the past couple of seasons and I know 2020 was shortened, but he only threw 68. So we're looking at 160 over the past two innings. That's going to be a lot to say over the last two seasons from 150 to back in the 200 ish range. I mean, he's going to be 34 when the season starts. I'd rather go with someone like a Shane Bieber that didn't throw as many innings last year, where his arm was hopefully a little bit more fresh, a Zach Wheeler where he hasn't thrown as many innings. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as Dave McDonald and say I wouldn't draft him in the top three rounds, but there are so many other pitchers I'd rather take that don't have as many red flags. Friend of the show, Dave McDonald. <laughs> Friend of the Friend show, of- Dave Mc- Dave McDonald knows I'm a big fan of his, um, and and I'm kind of going along with him just being lower on DeGrom than the consensus. Yeah, um, it, it's very interesting to see him go where he is for what he's been in the past, but it's definitely a, a big risk there. But again, like we talked about, you're getting him at a huge discount now. So if you believe that there's a chance he comes back and he's healthy next year, you're getting a top five or six pick in the second or third round. So again, well, the thing is he just didn't have one injury last year. Like he had a bunch, like a shoulder, a back issue, his elbow, like that, that might be his body starting to break down on him. If it was just one serious injury, I'd be a little bit more reluctant to take him, but just because it's been so many piling up and in, Seems like short IL stints and he rushes his way back. I just don't feel as confident. Yeah, well, so, I'm hoping what, what DeGrom can do over the offseason is just adjust how he throws. Because he's mm-hmm. trying to throw 100 miles per hour or 100 miles an hour every single time he gets the ball. Maybe he you know, scales it back, 96, 97, works on his command a little bit more. You know, kind of build into a 34-year-old body. He might be okay. Yeah. Uh, Clegg, does this NA next to Freddie Freeman's name hurt you at all? Yeah, it does. <laughs> a lot. I'm so afraid the Dodgers are going to, because the Dodgers have endless cash. I'm just afraid they're just going to pony up way too much money and the cheapo Braves aren't going to be able to sign him. So that is my fear. But Give him that hometown I discount. I know. I hope so. It, it, I just can't picture him in any other jersey. He's been in the Braves organization since 07. Like, come on. So I, I'm, I'm hoping. They, that- they said the same thing about Albert Pujols. That's true. That is very true. I don't know. Don't make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll go past Freddie Freeman. (laughs) Cheesecake, how you doing? I'm doing well. So I want you to look in rounds three through five. Mm -hmm. So I scroll down for you. Forget the draft position, which by the way, which, who were you in this draft? Me? Were you Jose Cruz? No. What was your team name? 
It's probably mock drafter five. <laughs> no, that that was that was Kobe. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure which one. You're definitely oh. blind. You're definitely blind threats. Yeah, we'll say you're blind <laughs> threats. Okay, so rounds three through five here. Mm-hmm. Just looking at these three rows of names. Mm-hmm. Who are some guys in this range that you are very high on this year? Guys that you are trying to grab in a lot of your drafts, whether it's a hitter or pitcher. Kind of once you get past the the stone cold studs at the top two rounds, this is kind of where I feel like you can start building a team to how you want to construct it. So, which of these guys stand out to you? Well, I think that uh, Liam Hendricks is is the safest relief pitcher that you can get. I think if you are if you are getting a relief pitcher, if you're getting a closer pony up for one of the better ones and Hendricks is the best one. I think he's the one who, who's going to be coming back uh, and providing you with top five closer season. I think you can, you can pencil that in. I think that's a good pick whenever you can get that because it's so hard to, to, to get a bankable relief pitcher. But I'm also, I'm also big on, um, on uh, uh, Freddie Peralta and Logan Webb this year. I think that a lot of times this range gives you um, some scary boomer bust pitching, but I, I, I mean, I, I see Peralta as, as someone who's, who's a high end strikeout guy who's pitching on a good team who, who really had his first, first excellent season last year and, and uh, is, is going into next season with a, with, with a head of steam who's going to be provide performing well next year. And, uh, I feel the same way about Logan Webb. Um, of course, Whit Merrifield is one of my favorite guys in the game. I love him. Sal Perez also love him. Sal Perez's value as a catcher is huge because it's such a hard position to fold. If you're in a twenty-four, a, a two-catcher league, the difference between the top catcher and the bottom catcher is is enormous. The difference between the top catcher and the tenth catcher is enormous. And I think Perez is going to probably put in another season as a top catcher. So I think. Those are the ones that 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 stand out to me as as really good picks in this range. What guys who I'm I'm looking at getting a lot of shares of. Now, Freddie Peralta is a very interesting player, and to what for actually for the record, Ewan who made this pick actually did draft this these back to back. This wasn't an auto pick. Um, now I'm curious. You have Eric Cross who came out the other day, and another friend of the show, and he said that why can't Freddie Peralta be what Corbin Burns was? And many people were agreed. Then you have people like Nick Pollock, another friend of the show, who said that he thinks his, the way he delivers the ball across his body like that is not something that can consistently be replicated to the results he was having last year. So you kind of have both sides of the coin there. Now, are you aren't worried about what Pollock is concerned about with, with the cross-body delivery. You think just the strikeout stuff and what he showed last year, you're on board with that, and you think he's worthy of a top four-round pick. Well, I think he's worthy of a top four round pick. Now he he went ahead of um, Jack Flaherty, Kevin Gossman, Lance Lynn. I think that's I think that's um, ambitious with him, but I can definitely see him outperforming those guys, especially especially as I look at Gossman and Lynn Lynn aging a little bit and Gossman getting out of the great pitchers park. But I I mean I could see him and and Flaherty being a, a nice toss up on who who's going to have the better season because I do think that Peralta has has shown that he's uh, he's he he's a little bit more solid uh, to go out there and grab the ball every day than Flaherty who has to me has seen a, a lot of little little dings little nicks to to take him out of games. Clegg, one of the picks that we'll touch on the last of these three rounds here, Wander Franco went the first pick of the fifth round. And he's consistently ranked inside the top 50. You're obviously one of the bigger prospect guys in the fantasy baseball realm right now. You watched a lot of stuff on him before he got called up. I know he's one of the most uberest prospects in the last decade. Is he worth a top 50 pick? I don't think so. I mean, in redraft leagues, I, I think he's overrated for fantasy personally. I think we're just going way overboard on what he can be. The hit tool is special. The hit tool has the ability to be one of the best in baseball. But I think people are overrating the power, the speed as well. Like he didn't run like he didn't run at all last year. I don't really expect him to steal many bases. I think people are expecting him to come out and where you're drafting him. He, he really needs to hit 25 home runs and steal 10 bases. And while that's not completely out of the question, I don't think the power's there yet. He's young. He can develop that certainly, but this year I'm not going to draft him anywhere unless he falls to like, pick 80 but that's not going to happen so uh, i'm going to be completely out because i think the there's just so much hype 
and you're paying top dollar expecting those results and there's no room to profit. So for those reasons, I'm, I'm not going to draft him. I thought now you were going to say for those reasons, I'm out. Like you're a shark tank. <laughs> I should uh, have. Guy. Um, now I've also point noted here that this is a roto draft. And I think Wander Franco, you could correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, Clegg, I feel like he'd be a lot better in a points league where yeah. he's not going to strike out and maybe you can get a bump or a two round bump on him sure. for that reason. But yeah. yeah, in a roto, I'm a little more confused of him going this high. Uh, and again, like over some guys that you see here, you know, the the Luis Castillo's, Eloy Jimenez, Nick Castellanos when he signs, uh, guys that have proven it year in and year out. So I, I get the, the concern there. Let's go to rounds six through eight. Talk about these guys here. Now we're getting a little bit more into the nitty gritty. We're getting some interesting names here. Doc, there's a lot of interesting pitchers here. There's my heartthrob, Dylan Cease. There's Chris Sale, who's coming back, trying to become the ace that we all knew him to be. There's guys like Trevor Rogers and Alec Manoa and Shane McClanahan, who look like the next amazing crop of pitchers coming in. Out of this group right here, is there anybody that you're like, I got to get him, got to get him? So for me, I really like Joe Musgrove. And, and I think there's so many pitchers that have question marks in this territory. Frankie Montas, kind of a Jekyll and Hyde pitcher. Chris Sale, what is his, his workload going to be? His first full year. Is Charlie Morton going to be playing? There's rumors of him retiring. Lance McCullers with his, his injury stuff. I mean, I feel like Joe Musgrove is as safe as it can be in this realm. He threw a career-high 180 innings last year through two shutouts, which led the major leagues, including um, a no-hitter, 11 wins. He's going to have an, a good offense supporting him. He's going to face bottom-tier offenses like the Rockies and the Diamondbacks a decent amount. And you know, with the Padres, they have a plethora of pitching. You know, they have Blake Snell, uh, you know, who's a little up and down and Clevenger coming back from Tommy John. But I, I think Musgrove's a lock in that rotation. I'd be willing to take him even earlier than the sixth round. And it's like you heard Marty's conversation before the show. Right? I he told stole you, your spotlight. There's going to be somebody who takes it earlier every single time. And, and he got out of Pittsburgh, like, you know, just for the myth that once pitchers get out of there, they do great. Now, Marty, let's stay with you for a second. I mentioned some of the younger guys, Trevor Rogers, Alec Manoa, Alec Manoa, Shane McClanahan. Out of these three guys specifically, who I think a lot of people are going to be very interested in, do you have an order of how you like these guys? Yeah, Manoa, McClanahan, and we can drop a little further down and then the third one. Oh, it's a, a big tier break between Trevor Rogers has gotten some hype recently too. He has, and it's fine. I just want to see it a little bit longer. You know, I mean, I, what we've seen with the Marlins staff, I mean, they come out firing, they do really well the first maybe three, four months, and then they kind of, you know, venture off a little bit. So let's, uh, let's see. I love everything I've seen from Manoa. I know he was only up for those four or five months, but he was electric. I love it. I'm fully behind him. And he's, Speaking of, and this is what we were talking about, like just kind of overall philosophy, you can't really call a guy your guy if you're not willing to take him, you know, really high. And Manoa's going to be one of those guys that I might take around or too early. Oh, so you're talking about, we're talking about like fifth round, Alec Manoa. Okay. I can, I can dig that. Now, Cheesecake, Adalberto Mondesi is going in the seventh round. Mm -hmm. if, if he's there for you in the seventh round, are you pulling the trigger? Oh gosh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think uh, you know, he's just he's just too inconsistent and I'm not the type of manager that can sit through a month of him not hitting just so you can get the week that he goes 21 for 24 with seven steals, you know. Um it, it ju it's just too frustrating for me. I'm I I I'm I'm a hard pass on Mondesi and you saw last season how many people took him so high and just ate that 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 lost draft pick. I'm not doing it. Yeah, his ADP is obviously a lot lower. He was a top two round might, pick last year. They said he might not be an everyday player to preserve his body. That's too early to take someone that might not play in a guaranteed role. Fair enough. So we just hit the rounds six through eight. Let's go rounds nine through 11 here. And um, there's a lot of interesting names. I mean, there's going to be interesting names in everyone, but a lot of young studs here. Clay, I got to ask you. Your partner in crime, Eric Cross. There's his guy, Jared Kelnick, in round 10. We kind of last year saw that he didn't produce what everybody was expecting, who drafted him and stashed him all year. Is this the year he bounces back and outproduces where he's getting drafted? I think he bounces back, but I don't think he outproduces where he gets drafted, honestly. I I think that the hit tool got overrated as a prospect, 
And it's easy when you saw the stat line. So they posted to think that he was going to be a, a high end average hitter, but there was times when he got exploited and we saw, you know, on breaking pitch, even high fastballs. None of you made adjustment late in the season. There's a, a great skill set here. I mean, there's tools for days in the skill set, but I, I just think that he's probably closer to like a 260 hitter. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not really going to pay for that in this range when I know that that may be the higher end outcome. And we saw the lower end possibility last year. And I think there's going to be adjustments, but if he hits 240 and gives you 2010 next year, I just don't think he's worth the draft price. And for what it's worth, I mean, Steamer has him at 232, 2212. So I, I don't know. I'm just not really in on that. I do think that Kelnick's a good player long term, but I'm not willing to pay. I don't. I don't think he's going to return top 150 value personally. I could see that for sure. I think a lot of people will be on the hype again. Uh, some other names though that pop in here to me: Cheesecake, Blake Snell, and Zach Gallon, two veterans who have shown great track mm-hmm. records. Uh, these seem like a great spot for these two. I think there be, these are guys that I might be trying to grab a lot of in this range. Do you agree? I agree. I also love Pablo Lopez. I love mm-hmm. Framber Valdez and Logan Gilbert. I think that and Luis Garcia as well. I mean, there's you could you can really I mean you can really go hitter heavy. And if the draft shakes out, I think you can go one, two, and three starters here and feel pretty good actually. If you get the the right guys, Lopez, Snell, Gallon, Valdez. I think there's a lot, a lot of of uh of guys you can lean on here even for, for production. Um, Gallon is someone who I'm looking at to bounce back. I think, I think mm-hmm. he's going to bounce back and uh, Snell, his strikeout numbers are so good, but, uh, and I think he did well towards the end of the season, but he was so brutal at the beginning that I, I'm a little gun shy on Snell. That's fair. I think, yeah, it was a second half that kind of is making people buy back in. I, I'm pretty sure he stopped throwing his change up and that he kind of stopped being stubborn with it, which has made a, a big, uh, big difference. Now, before we move to the next couple rounds here, Bobby Witt is a name that I think is a very polarizing name this year. And I think this is going to be the lowest you're going to get him because I think hopefully with the new CBA, he's going to start out day one with the Royals. And I think he's going to shoot up draft boards. I think Bobby Witt Jr. is a top 50 pick this year. Does anybody else agree with me or do I need to at least defend myself? Defend yourself. All right, so nobody's on board. Okay, so... (laughs) Bobby Witt, I don't remember who on MLB Networks said this, but I remember watching it one day and they said he's going to be the Patrick Mahomes of baseball in terms of the impact that he's going to bring to the sport and for the Royals organization. That's the type of talent he is. But I mean, look just specifically at numbers. He dominated double A and triple A last year. He slashed 290, 361, 575, 33 homers, 29 steals. Baseball's America's minor league player of the year. And keep in mind, those were over 123 games. So maybe if you add some games to get that to around 150, you have a 30-30 player. Now, those don't grow on trees. Only Cedric Mullins did that last season. And not saying he's going to do 30-30, but let's say maybe, I mean, I think Steamer has him for like, I have to double check. I'm pretty sure it's something like maybe like 25 and 18 or something like that. Uh, He's, I mean, just across his minor league profile, it's incredible. You talk about got young hitters and their strikeout rates. He actually cut his strikeout rate down last year. It was 24% in 2020, and it was 22.5% in 2021. I, I think he's actually going to be just an, an instant impact from day one. He's going to steal bases. He's going to hit home runs. He's a 30-30 potential player, and you're getting him around pick 100. When if he gave you 30-30, he'd be going in the top two or three rounds like Cedric Mullins is. So I think inside the top 50, I know it's a lofty expectation. You saw last year with Kelnick and you saw with a bunch of these other guys that they didn't necessarily translate right away. There's a bigger gap from AAA to the major leagues, but his talent is undeniable. He's, he's, I mean, you saw Wander Franco set a record last year. Like, I think he could be that type of player that comes up and has that type of impact for this Royals team. So I think you're, he's an incredible value where he's going. Where do you think he hits in the lineup, assuming he starts day one? I mean, day one, though, they're not going to put pressure on him. I'm sure they'll hit him like seventh or eighth. I guarantee you he'll be in hitting like second or third within a few weeks. I, it just, I, I mean, I'm sure there'll be bumps along the way, 
But when it's all said and done, this guy is going to probably give you, if he plays 150 games in the majors or 140 games, he's probably mm-hmm. going to hit, you know, 20 to 25 home runs and steal 20 to 25 bases, I would think. If and I knew is, if I knew he was going to lead off, I would feel better. I, I feel like he doesn't take that job from from Whit Merrifield. And- he's not going to he's not going to lead off. I would so that right. so, that, so, so that's for me kind of limits the upside then of stolen bases because I feel like you're gonna you know Cedric Mullins leads off and as a good on base percentage Bobby Witts was 361 in the minors I just feel like there's not going to be as many opportunities and then you're banking more on the power and the average the Royals so, also let their team run more than most other teams do which I really like too yeah I, I just think steamer that, um, yeah. real quick uh, so first off they call him Robert Witt. If you are, if you're That's on fan graphs, so you know, just in case you're searching, uh, folks. But yeah, so they have him for 134 games, 24 home runs, 18 stolen bases, batting 267. I mean, again, that, that's a pretty, I think, safe projection. But again, a, a 20 could be. I don't think it's safe. 20. I don't think it's safe. He's never played. He's never played a, in in the major leagues. He could he could return his his prospects. Uh, pedigree, he can he can be have a promising season and hit 240 this year, and with with 18 home runs and 10 stolen bases, and that's a successful first major league season. He could win Rookie of the Year with something like that, and it's not a top 50 player, and it's not even close. And that's that's my problem with uh, with uh, with with getting guys this young, this high is that is that the teams are developing them. They're not they're not worried about about getting them out there every day. They're worried about their development and it's not necessarily conducive to our fantasy seasons, which is what was the problem with a guy like Kelnick last year as well. So that's where I, that's where I have a tough time with young, with all young guys, but wits included. Fair enough. I think again, there'll be bumps along the way and it's going to be like Christian noted. Also, you have a fact there was no minor league season in 2020. So guys that came up last year might've had a little bit more of a learning curve, but you know, again, it's, it's going to be something to watch for sure. And I would feel a lot better about this if they say that he's going to start from day one. Of course, Poor David, but... he, David thought somebody was going to take his side. Didn't realize. No, I mean, I, you know it. what? Last year I called Dylan sees a top 30 pitcher and everybody said I was crazy. So I don't think everybody said that And top 30 is kind of wild. I mean, that's not outrageous. That's, no. it, it was, people, that's, that was, I don't think that was crazy. The Dylan sees the, the Dylan sees. Yeah. I don't think oh. that was crazy. <laughs> Um, now you, I'll give you pre- credit because you put your money where your mouth is, and you put twenty five on him winning the Cy Young, and he wasn't anywhere close to that. But he was close. He was, he was close. What, what did he finish in Cy Young voting? Uh, let's I let's mean, not he say like, he's close. Okay, well let's, oh, let's no. wrap up this. Let's wrap up this discussion really quick. We're gonna go to the top fifteen rounds. So we just did uh, nine, ten, eleven. We didn't even finish in the top ten. Are you gonna say that's close? Yeah, <laughs> I think he was. He got second. votes. He did, and he was like, I think he was. Uh, Second in the AL in strikeouts behind Garrett Cole. He was first in innings pitched. He was, uh, I believe he had the highest swinging strike rate on his slider last year or something like that. Like he had, a, like he was good. If he had, had more wins, I think he would have gotten more votes, but he, he wasn't he, even in the top 12. <laughs> all right. Enough of your hate. <laughs> That's not even close to winning. That's fine. It. That's fine. Okay. We're going to wrap up this discussion really quick. So, Looking at the players on the board, I want you to give me a player that you like in this range and a player you're going to stay away from. Let's start with Marlos. Go around the horn. Marty, who's that for you? Well, let me look at my team first and which one's who I like. So, um, oh, Josh Bell, where I got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, you know, considering that there is like a couple, there's a, there's a good handful of really good first basemen, and then it, there's kind of a drop off. But hey, I'm okay with that drop off. Josh Bell, I think where he's at, I mean, he still hits the crap out of the ball. Um, he's barreling the ball a ton. He might be able to, you know, get you around 30 home runs. His batting average is always up and down. We don't really know about that. But um, yeah, I like where he's at. And then someone who I'm staying away from in this area, Noah Syndergaard. That was easy. I don't want anything to do with him. Yeah, you got Josh Bell in round 14. Yep. And Noah Syndergaard. He went into the end of or, yeah somebody else. I, Noah Syndergaard, that's an easy like I, I don't want anything to do with him. Let's let's see him play for a year before we start investing in him. Fair enough. Cheesecake, what about you? I think I'm gonna I'm in on uh, Jorge Soler. I just love his power. I think that uh, he's maturing as a major league hitter, and I think he's going at a nice discount. Guy like that, 
he could be he could be a forty home run hitter. Uh, I am staying away from uh, yeah, Syndergaard. I'm staying away, but I'm also staying away from Herman Marquez. Obviously, he's someone who scares the crap out of me. His inconsistency. I'm not going near that. Yeah, fair enough. And Herman Marquez is also in round fifteen. Jorge Soler was where was he taken? Uh, 14 round 14. Oh, he's in right. Uh, where is he? I don't know why I can't find him. Okay. No, no, anyway. 15. He's, right oh, he's, Taylor. he's in round 15. He's down here. Okay. My bad. All right. I can't find him. Anyway. <laughs> 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 this is like, where's wall? Here he is. Okay. There he is. Uh, doc, what about you? So for me, I mean, I I'm not going to take your guy Aaron Ashby because I know that's who you're going to get to. There's I love two of my guy, two of my guys in this. Round. I love I love Jose Urquidy in round 15. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be a starter. Started 20 games last year at 3.62 ERA. The Astros are going to give him plenty of run support. I- I'm surprised he's ranked this low. I'm not going to cherry pick and say Noah Syndergaard because I think that's easy. But for me, I'm avoiding Ian Happ. I think the Cubs are going through a rebuild. We see flashes of his potential where he'll hit two home runs. David, I remember when I took him any home run, any home run on opening day a couple of years ago, he said, Oh, I'm wrong about him. And then he hit like 091 the rest of the month. I think you know what you're going to get out of Ian Happ. He's a streaky guy. He's somebody they add on waiver wires in deep and shallow leagues when he can, you know, go through a hot stretch, but he doesn't really have any support in Chicago. And I just, I'd rather take a proven vet or somebody that has a little bit more upside. I'm interested to hear Art's counterpoint to that if, if he has one, but I know we're kind of running short on time. So I want to move to Clegg. We'll save that for another day when we do position previews. So Clegg, what about you in this range? This is technically rounds 12 through 17. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Cabrian Hayes there all day. It He's one that last year played the entire season injured. I mean, he had a wrist injury. He also had a cyst develop on his wrist, like all kinds of bizarre things that he just played through. And when you do that, the results are obviously going to be bad, but his profile is so unique at third base. You're not going to get speed from any other third baseman, but he's going to steal 10 plus bags. He's got 20 home run pop and he has the hit tool to hit 290. So very unique skill set that if you build with enough power early on and you miss on third base, like he's definitely my target down here. My avoid is definitely Adelise Garcia, who mm-hmm. popped off 31 homers, 16 stolen bases. Everybody sees the power speed, and they're just so wowed by it. But he could so quickly lose his job because he can't make contact at all. His contact rates are horrific. He had a 31% strikeout rate and just a 5% walk rate. So he wasn't providing a ton of value to his actual team because he doesn't get on base enough, and he strikes out a ton. So... For fantasy, yeah, the power speed's great, but I think he could find himself on the bench really quick, so I'm avoiding him. That was who I was looking at, the avoid, too. I think he outperformed what you can expect going for. I also think Miles Straw is a stretch that he's going at this yeah. range, too. Stolen bases are about as much as he's given you right now. Uh, some guys I like, though, I'm pretty consistent with the, the the five so far I've been pumping up this, this offseason. Tanner Houck is my Dylan Cease of this year. I really like him. I think he's got a spot in that rotation. And the reason he's going so low is right now that people don't. Same with Aaron Ashby. I think these are two guys that have great stuff and that right now they're not necessarily considered as part of the rotation, which is why that they're ranked so low. But we've learned just from the Dodgers in the past, injuries happen, talent wins out. Eventually, these guys are going to get spots in the rotation. Both of them have great sliders. Uh, I have some statistics on a bunch of them, but I'll save those for when we get to the position previews where I'll read everything off for them. And I like Alex Kirilov in this range. I think Alex Kirilov for the Twins, who's actually a ton of power, he just needs to increase his launch angle a little bit more because right now he's not hitting the ball in the air quite enough, but he's got one of the best barrel rates. He actually, if he had qualified, he would have tied with Fernando Tatis Jr. for the highest barrel rate in the majors last year. So, he, I mean, he's got power. He's going to be getting a lot of playing time in the Twins lineup. So I think that's a, a great guy you can get, especially five outfielder leagues. Getting him at this point in the draft is like your your third, fourth, or fifth outfielder. You know, I think you know what's interesting spot. is he went in like rounds ten and eleven last year without playing any games and without being on the opening day roster. And we've seen his potential now, and he's getting drafted lower this year. Again, more for me. That's fine. <laughs> I, I I think it's interesting Severino and Clevenger. I just noticed them and how high they went. I think that 
I would actually put those as, as bigger, bigger reaches than Marquez or Syndergaard in my book. I, I mean, maybe I've heard other people have heard updates on them that I haven't, but I think those are also reaches. And can we also talk about Verlander? That's probably not going in round uh, 13 very much longer. I'm sure he's going to get pumped up, especially as people can see he's healthy. I don't think this is going to last for him either. No. Uh, but yeah, draft probably won't be auto picked either. Yeah. Next time we'll be doing this. We'll be doing actual draft and then I'll just delete the league. So this will be done again. Don't worry, everybody. This is, we're going to be doing a bunch of roto mocks some points league mocks. There's going to be just mock, 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 mock all up until opening day. We'll mix that in with some position previews. So, it's going to be a lot of good stuff coming for you guys here on the Triple Play Fantasy channel here. I'm going to close off the draft board. We're going to see all our faces up close and impersonal again. And we're going to move now to the question of the week, which is, of course, sponsored by Monkey Night Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Night Fight. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple Play. I actually read that and didn't even read off my show sheet that's how many times i've done this <laughs> so our question this week for is if you could catch a fastball from a major it could be current or former major doesn't have to be necessarily a guy pitching now if you could catch a fastball from them without any catcher's gear who would be your pick so i'm gonna let clay i know he's the guest normally we start with the guest but i'm gonna let him marinate just in case he doesn't have one ready to go and i'm gonna start off with marty up top who would you your cool. pick? I'm going to make it simple, man. Uh, well, I'm going to make it hard on myself, but um, and you may not know this, but I was a varsity catcher. You know what I mean? So I did not know that. Uh, I, I could, yeah. So there you go. Big, big stuff. Um, but no, I want Jacob DeGrom. Just what? go for it. Yeah. Without I want to try to catch him for two reasons. Number one, I just want to see if it's possible to do it. And number two, I want to see how he can throw. I want, you know, maybe you know, get his radar gun going, get a little insight into next year. Maybe he's feeling great already, you know? And start Marty, you don't have any in. catcher's gear. I'm going for it, man. Yeah, I'm surprised no, you didn't say that? Anthony Bass. Dude, I've been there, done that. But here's the thing. <laughs> how about the, if we videotape it and put it on triple play, it would take us to the next level, man. I'm doing That's it for us. True. Well, okay, you know what? I, I respect the answer <laughs> for that reason. I like it. Uh, Art, what about you? Who's your pick? I went with, uh, see, I kind of took it as which pitcher. I didn't know which fastball, so I guess it works out. I thought of Lance Lynn because I, he's got all fastballs. I thought a fastball would be easier to catch than, than a curveball. But then I, now that I think about it, Lynn's, Lynn has a couple of fastballs. It would give me a variety <laughs> yeah. of pitches to see coming in. Yeah, I could, I could just be like, all right, throw me your fastball. Now throw me another fastball. What about this fastball? <laughs> And then I get to see a bunch of different pitches. I like it. Uh, I think. I think. Um, I think it'd be fun. I think. I think I can. I think I could snag a, a Lance Lynn fastball without hitting it in the teeth. Oh my gosh! You guys are taking the. You guys are picking the wrong people. I got I the agree. best answer. I, I think. Hopefully, we'll have the same one. Uh, Clegg, do you have one? Or, or I do. Uh, I'm ready to go. All right, let's, going, go, let's go, Clegg first. Y'all, y'all are trying to go hard. I'm going easy. If we're getting back mm-hmm. there without gear, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a soft tosser and. I was going to go Brock Holt because he threw a 33 mile an hour pitch last year, but uh, <laughs> he's not a pitcher. So we're not going to go with him. I'm going to go with Kyle Hendricks. He's a soft tosser has an 87 mile an hour fastball. One of the softest in the league. So I think I could handle that without catching gear. So I'm, I'm not sure I want to Grom throwing at me. Like you saw, I think the ball would go through the catching mitt. Like Grayson Rodriguez did that to Adley Rutschman earlier this year. That's what DeGrom would do to me. Like it would just, <laughs> would, his fastball would go like straight through the mitt and probably hit me in the face. So I'm going with the easy guy and Kyle Hendricks. I uh, like that pick. Still, still he the wrong has, answer. Uh, he has pinpoint uh, command. So yeah, yeah. And, and that's, oh, see, that might be the best reason. It's the best. Oh, wow. that, and that the pinpoint good. command. That is good. Uh, Doc, who's your pick? I'm going Steve Sparks. A knuckleballer, ah, guys. Threw, smart. A, a knuckleballer that threw a fastball that rarely tops 75 when he's playing. <laughs> so imagine what he does now. We've also had him on the pot, so we have that connection. So I'll say, hey, Steve, you know, throw a fastball that looks like a fastball, but it's just gently hits the glove, maybe at a nice 59 <laughs> miles an hour. I don't have to worry about any injuries. We already have a little bit of rapport. Boom, boom. Good answer. I was going to say Jamie Moyer. Yeah. Like, 40-year-old oh, Jamie Moore at the end of his <laughs> career. Let me just get some of that sauce. You could throw that. You could throw it to me. 
I don't remember what he topped out at when he last pitched. Was it probably? It was probably like in the high seventies. Can I can, can I can I can I take over for the question of the week and, and audible to one? How much would I have to pay you to catch an Aroldis Chapman fastball? No catcher's equipment when he's throwing one hundred five. <laughs> you have to promise me. I, you have to promise me. I'm. I would never have to lift a finger the rest of my life. I'd be that set for life. Like servants everywhere. Like feeding me grapes. Like that's that's the type of. Life how about how about this? It's one pitch, and you and you have your your glove in the right location so you don't have to like move it or guess but you have to catch it i don't know man that's too risky yeah <laughs> all right that, uh, that that's that's gonna be my next question of the week so think I mean, about that. you guys got a couple weeks no i mean, already answered it <laughs> you could be more creative than that all right let's get to the game game of the week i have my soundboard hooked up so no sound transitions here this is a game called five second rule okay so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna read you guys something and each one is individualized for each person. It's not like all of you go. So I'll be like, Marty, this is your five second rule. I'm going to read you the thing. You have to say the answer. It's going to be three answers. You have to say the three answers in under five seconds. If you don't, you do not get the point. Simple as that. Whoever has the most through four rounds wins. If we have a tie, then I have a fifth round and set as a tiebreaker. Nice game design, Mandy. Thank nice you, job. I have no idea thing. what to expect, but I guess we're all in that boat together. <laughs> Try to make things different around here, not do too many repeat games. So Yeah. All right. Marty, we're gonna start with you since you're up top. Okay. We'll just go around the horn as it's presented here. All right, Marty, five second rule. And I'm gonna start the clock when you uh when I finish the question, okay? Okay. You're not gonna see Harvey me Harvey me. I appreciate nah. that. <laughs> Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Three current pirates. Uh, Brian Reynolds, Cabrian Hayes. Ah, yeah, all right. Jesus. All right. That was Cheesecake. embarrassing. Cheesecake, you ready? Yeah. Three current catchers. Sal Perez, JT Real Muto, Wilson Contreras. All right, at the buzzer. You got it. Doc, three all-stars from 2021. Lance Lynn, Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna. Did Mike Trout make it? No, I think I he. I think he, he, he did. Lance Lynn make it? I don't know. Probably <laughs> Lance, Lance Lynn made it on. But let me see, because I feel like Mike Trout got the sympathy vote. I think Mike Trout was pulled because he didn't qualify. Right. You look that up really quick. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll be honest. That okay. was hard. That was that was a hard one. All right, yeah. Clay, you're, Clay, you're up. Ready? Three current Baltimore Orioles. Cedric Mullins, uh, Ryan Mountcastle, John Means. Perfect. All right. Marty, you ready? Yeah, I need some redemption, man. Let's do it. Three current left-handed pitchers. Kershaw. I can't think of left-handed pitchers. I hate this game. (laughs) (laughs) You can can give me an X for round one. (laughs) I think so far, Cheesecake and... and, uh, Clegg are the only ones on with on the board here. All right, cheesecake. Three current Mariner outfielders. That's tough. Um, Kalnick, uh, um, Lewis, and eh. Rodriguez. Too late. And Rodriguez wow. isn't even called up yet. That's so. true. Yeah. Haniger. Haniger. <laughs> yeah. Good one. All right, Doc. You're up. You ready? Mm-hmm. Give me three Arizona Diamondbacks. Cattell Marte, Dalton Varsha, Zach Allen. Perfect. Nice job. All right, Clegg, you ready? I'm ready. Three Max Scherzer teams. Dodgers, Mets, Nationals. All right. You're giving him the easy ones, David. Wow. That was, a, that was, a, that was the easiest one. You uh, have yeah. to, I'd rather do a team one. Like The, the <laughs> players on a team's easier than thinking about other guys, all their teams. I, I, I think Max yeah, Scherzer I think. played on two last season. <laughs> all right. Back to Marty. Ready? Ready. Three mascots. A pause. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't think Marty has won a game since he's been on triple play yet, and it seems like it's I won my first year. two as a guest, but since I've actually been on, I have not won. Nice. Love it. Nope. All right. Cheesecake, you ready? Mm-hmm. Three Royals pitchers. Singer. Um... Uh, Hernandez and Bubik. Uh, that was like at the buzzer. All, All right. right, get it to you, Doc. 
three Twins infielders. Jorge Polanco, Luis Arias, uh, Miguel Snow. All right, nice job. Clegg, three MLB network analysts. Vaskersian, I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> right, a tough one for him. <laughs> with, what's the Not score even. after uh, that three rounds? Yeah, I got two. I've got two. Two. <laughs> oh, geez, Sorry, Marty. Marty. All right, Marty, this, this, one's, this one's for you. Three Jeez. ballpark foods. Uh, popcorn, um, hot dogs, and beer. Uh, there we go on the board. Wait, wait, that's beer's beer not a food. It's good. I don't know if I should give that to him or not. <laughs> no, no, no. Marty gets Marty gets a zero. He that's foods, and he fumbled the bag on that. Marty, I love it. <laughs> I fumbled it too. Uh, I think okay. I think it's a good answer. <laughs> I'm going to give drink. it to him the sympathy he, point. He's going to drink after this show. <laughs> All right, cheesecake. Uh-huh. You need this. You need this to stay in the game. I do. Three Atlanta Bla- uh, Braves relief pitchers. Will Smith. That lefty. AJ <laughs> Ventura. Uh, uh, didn't get. Mitchell Clay didn't get that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Doc. Three teams with red jerseys. The Reds, the Phillies, the Diamondbacks. All right. Nice job. That easy enough a one for you? That was. <laughs> thank you, David. <laughs> All right. Clegg, three playoff teams from 2021. Braves, Astros, Dodgers. All right. Nice. So uh, what's the score after four? Me and, me and Clegg got three. Let's three. go, All right. baby. This is, now it's going into the uh, – I have a couple left for the tiebreaker here. All right, Doc. Three current free agents: Anthony Rizzo, Javi, or Anthony but uh, Carlos Correa. Oh, gosh! <laughs> All right, Freddie Freeman. <laughs> Freddie. All right, Clegg for the win. Which one do I want to ask you? Give me three award winners in 2021. Otani. Uh, oh. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm not going to care. Oh, man. Doc, give me three Mets free agent additions. Javi Baez, Marte, Scherzer. Oh, no. no. Baez was not. Oh, oh, my gosh. Why do I still have that on the mind? Oh, my gosh. I fumbled it. Clay, congrats. You should win this after I messed that up. I I only have one left. I I prepared a lot extra, but I didn't think it would go this far. Okay. Clay. Give me three in-game commentators. <laughs> I can't oh think God. of any. R.I.P. John Madden. Oh, jeez. I couldn't uh, think of any. And it's right, me, me, and, me and Clegg split the tie. Co-champs. Go no, champ. we'll do this. La- we'll do the last. We'll do one more. Okay. All right. Doc, give me three teams with blue jerseys. The Blue Jays, the Royals, the Mariners. I'm like counting the Mariners as blue. They have okay. a navy one. Clegg, give me three players. The last name starts with M. Machado. Uh, <laughs> Justin, Mas- uh, J- Justin Masterson. <laughs> Masterson. <laughs> oh, that's a I'm name. Not, that, that, know, that was a lot harder than the one I gave. Uh, God, but those yeah, were like, blue jerseys. <laughs> those were. Uh, we're going to say it's a tie because that was an that's unfair. Fair. That, that's fair. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. I ran we, out we of both one fumbled the the playoff round, so we just both lose. I don't know why when you said M, Justin Masterson came up first. That's I'm a weird. great pull. I still I'm still blanking on anybody. Machado, Will Myers, Myers, Musgrove. There you go, Marte Ma- Musgrove. Okay, there's plenty. <laughs> just, <laughs> Martinez, there's got to be three of them. <laughs> three. Yeah, Martinez, Martinez, Martinez. Martinez. <laughs> no, man. Oh man. Well, on that. On that note, Clegg, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. It's always a ton of fun with you on here. Oh, y'all always have a great time. So I really enjoy it. Thanks for having me. It was good to be back on and chat with you guys. Have a lot of good laughs and a lot of fun and a lot of baseball talk. Of course, it's all the great stuff. And uh, Clegg, please plug in all the great stuff you're doing. Of course, the tool shed, all the writing you're doing. Make sure everybody knows. Yeah, I just dropped my new OBP Dynasty rankings today. Probably yesterday as you're listening to it, but... uh, that's out. I'm working on, Oh, I honestly, I just work on too much stuff, like redraft stuff. I'm doing positional primers. I'm constantly doing dynasty stuff. 
trying to just constantly do prospect evals as well, just watching games and trying to reevaluate prospects over and over and over. And I constantly change my rankings. Like yesterday when I was doing uh, like trying to finalize my dynasty rankings, like I just kept staring at them and I changed them for like five hours, just like changing them. Like it was ridiculous, but <laughs> yeah, but all that and the tool shed podcast, of course, with Eric Cross you can find that. And then everything written is on fan tracks. You can find that there and constantly churning out stuff. So yep. On Twitter at Roto Clegg, C L E G G. Yeah. Again, if you are, fan of baseball or fantasy baseball or minor league baseball and you are not following chris clegg you are doing it wrong so make sure you go and you fix that right away everybody that tunes into triple play fantasy whether you watch the youtube channel or you listen to the podcast truly appreciate you and your support each and every week next week we're going to be joined by another great guest for something that we're i don't know we're going to talk about yet but it's going to be a fun episode but until then everyone stay safe continue to enjoy the off season And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.